Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Come on in the room. Come on in the room. Okay. All right, giving y'all time to come on in. Come on in the room. Y'all come on in. Y'all come on in and say, um, y'all come on in and say, good afternoon to me. Hey, hey. Y'all come on and say good morning to me. Come on, come on, come on. Please, y'all come on in. 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start in one minute. We're gonna go forward. I usually have to give y'all five minutes to get your Bibles, to get your notepads, to get your ink pens, to get every, to get yourself situated, to get into maybe your 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 prayer room, your prayer closet, your bedroom, your bathroom, your kitchen, your living room, your dining room, your, your car. You may be on lunch, giving you time to go to your lunch room. You know, wherever you are, wherever you are, wherever you are. I like to give you all time to, you know, come on in and everything. So I'm just waiting on somebody to say, hey, Sister Holloway. So, all right, we're going ahead and get started. Okay, so today is December the 17th, and I want to thank you all for tuning in to Can We Talk About It Live. For those of you who know me and for those of you who don't, I am Pastor elder dr serena holloway um i am equipped and i have been called and i am chosen to teach bible study to give what does say of the lord i am his i am god's mouthpiece amen i am god's mouthpiece and he has called and chosen me to preach and teach the gospel of the good news and so i had accepted my calling i have accepted my calling in um may well actually um november of 2006 and then i went into the ministry i did my initial sermon um may 27 uh 2009 i became a minister and then in 2011 i became a pastor and in 2013 i believe it was i became an elder and then in 2017, I received my bachelor's degree in psychology. And then December the 17th of 2021, um, I received my certification in life coach, as a life coach. And so um, I also have my doctorate degree in Christian ministry. And my next desire, my next accomplishment, I want to go back to school may of 2023 that's my desire that's my goal um i would like to get my doctorate in psychology so that's where i am right now and so that's just a little bit about who i am so i have been preaching and teaching since 2009 and i'm so glad about it um i have been working alongside my husband um in ministry since 1996 right amen and so those of you who may not know who my husband is, my husband is um, Bishop Christopher Holloway Sr. He's also, man, he's an apostle. He's, a, he's an evangelist. He's a prophet. He's a man of God. He's a servant. He's a husband. He's a father. He's a friend. Amen. He's everything to me. He, I have an all-in-one husband um, that has a heart for God's people who he wants to see them set free and delivered. He wants to see them saved. He always says, um, our house is the house where healing begins. And that's when we had a, a, a building, a church, a ministry, Divine Worship Christian Center. And we also have um, an outreach ministry, Divine Covenant Fellowship of Churches, and where he oversees people who are not in a building, people who are you know, um, running for the Lord, not running from the Lord, but running for the Lord. And they are evangelists, they're prophets, they're prophetesses, they're 
um, pastors, their leaders, their um, evangelists, you know, he oversees them. And, and we thank God for um, allowing us to now do ministry in Columbia, South Carolina. God has increased and God has moved and God has uh, lifted and God has done mighty works in our lives and our family and our friends and ministry. And so, you know, we are grateful. We are humble. We literally are under God. Like we literally allow God to lead us and guide us and direct us in every area of our lives. And so I, I just felt the need um, to share a little bit about me and my husband because um, this year has been one heck of a year. <laughs> It has been one heck of a year, but God has been with us and God has been for us and God has carried us all the way. And we are looking for God to do greater in 2023. We are looking for God to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could even think or ask. We are looking for man, God to move. And I, I do believe that 2023 will be a season that we will literally be able to go right back into what God had given my husband, the desire, the wisdom, the, the zeal, everything concerning ministry will be right back into that place. And I, I believe that right now we're in, a, we're in a season of rest. We are in a season of um, being poured into. We're in a season of helping other ministries. We're in a season of um, just sitting back and just watching and, and learning and still in all of that teaching as well because of, you know, where God is taking us. And so I am excited. I am excited about what God is doing. I'm excited about the word of God. I am just excited. Um, for those of you who don't know, I have a 31-day workshop that's titled, um, I Know How to Pray. Now, teach me how to pray in and through my fight. Can I say that again? I know how to pray. Now, teach me how to pray in and through my fight. And it is a marriage workshop. It's for those who desire to be married. It's for those who are married and they're having problems in their marriage. It's for those who are widows and who, who wants to really be a wife again, who wants to be a husband again, but want to be, um, that wants to have more wisdom, to, to more knowledge, to more understanding. Um, it's for women who just want to be empowered. It's for women who need to be strengthened. It's for women who needs to learn how to stand on their own. It's for women who needs to know their value. He needs to know who they are. This marriage is going to be dynamic. This marriage is is, is, is ordained by God, literally. The last time I did a series um, that was 30 days, it was back in um, 2021, and it was titled 30 Days to Taming Your Tongue. We must watch what we say out of our mouths. Um, death and life lies in the power of the tongue, and those who love it eat the fruit thereof. Oh, I just quoted that whole scripture, probably because I used it this morning. And so um, it was amazing. I do a podcast. You can hear it on Spotify. Um, it's usually you can listen to it every evening at 5 p.m. And but I was uh, the Lord had shut my Facebook page down on October the 29th through November um, the well, it was 30 days. So I didn't come back on Facebook until December 
the first, but I did my first live, I believe it was December the 3rd. So um, in that God had showed me vision, showed me dreams, showed me more work that needs to be done that I had to go back 13 years just to be reminded of some things and be reminded of some people and be and be reminded of some places that God had brought me out of and, and remind me of some places that I had put myself in. And, and so through all of that, God has literally shown me what it really means to suffer for Christ's sake. <laughs> I cannot, um, I, I can't explain it no better than that, that you have to believe when you believe that God is the creator of this world, when you believe that he is the creator of everything in your life and everything um, in your path, your journey, your, your wilderness experiences, your valley experiences, your mountain experiences, when you when you really believe that it is nobody but God, then you you find yourself not giving Satan too much credit. You will find yourself not blaming Satan for a lot of things. You will find yourself looking at where you are, looking at who you are, looking at what's around you, what surrounds you. You'll find yourself looking at your growth. You'll find yourself no longer looking past the mirror, but looking in the mirror. Can I say that again? I, I don't know, but I, I, I got to say that again. You'll find yourself no longer looking past the mirror, but in the mirror. What do I mean by that? Because you'll no longer look past your issues, you'll no longer look past your faults. You'll no longer look past what you have going on based on what somebody else is doing to you. But you're able to look in that mirror and you're able to look in that mirror. You're able to look in that mirror and see your own worth, see your own gifts, see your own struggles, see your own mistakes, see your own faults. So that when you're looking into this mirror, you are speaking to self. And God is the light. So when that light is shining bright on you and what's inside that mirror, the reflection, God begins to work on your heart. God begins to work on your mind. God begins to work on your thoughts. God begins to work on your emotions and your feelings. And anytime that you're feeling low, anytime that you're feeling you want to retaliate, literally that scripture will drop in your spirit. Psalm 51, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew the right spirit within me because you want to make it between you and God and not you and everybody else. You can't look at everybody else and where they are and then say, why am I not in that place? Because then if you're going to ask yourself that question, then look where you are and you can answer your own question, why you're not in some places, why you're not dealing with some people, why you're not connected to some folks. You'll be able to look in that mirror and be able to answer your own questions because of the growth that you need, because of the growth that God has for you. You have to continue to ask yourself, what is it that you want? What is it that you need? Because when you read Psalms 37, it tells us that if you commit your ways unto the Lord, he will definitely give you the desires of your heart. And if you trust him, then he will definitely bring it to pass. But you can't be looking. You got to read that whole scripture in Psalms 37 because it begins to start out. Don't be like the evil people. Let me go ahead and read that right quick because I want you all to because I'm there. I'm right there. And that's where I need to be right now. So I'm, I'm going to leave y'all with this. Psalms 37, it gives us instructions. It gives us instructions and for us what not to do in order for us to be blessed, in order for us to have the desires of our heart. Psalms 37 says this. 
Fret not yourself. Matter of fact, let me read this from the NLT version. Let me help you out in all of this right here. I'm going to read this and then I'm going to pray and then we're going to move forward. But I just, I don't know. I just felt the need to share that and I move in God and I no longer move in man. If I feel it in my spirit and I believe and I believe it is God, I'm going to move in God. Amen. Listen to Psalms 37, the New Living Translation. And it says, don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they soon fade away. Means what they're doing means nothing. What they're doing is temporary because what God does is permanent. See, when you are wicked, when you are, are living a wicked life, when you're doing wicked things, then it's, it's, you're not blessed your grace. So all that is just temporarily. But when you are literally trusting God, when you are literally in his word, when you are literally living for him, you, you can say that you are righteous. He literally will bless you because he finds no fault in you. We're not perfect. Listen to what I'm saying. We're not perfect. We ought to strive to be perfect because our father in heaven is perfect. What does that word perfect mean? We ought to be like Christ. Our character, our attitude, our behavior, our integrity, the right. We Everything that concerning Christ that is right, we got to be walking in that same light. Amen. So it says in verse three, trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take the light in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocent radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the new day sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm for the wicked will be destroyed. But those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Soon the wicked will disappear. Though you look for them, they will be gone. The lowly will possess the land and will live in peace and prosperity. The wicked plot against the godly. They snarl at them in defiance. But the Lord just laughs, for he sees their day of judgment coming. The wicked draw their swords and string their bows to kill the poor and the oppressed, to slaughter those who do right. But their swords will stab their own hearts and their bows will be broken. 16 says, it is better to be godly and have little than to be evil and rich. For the strength of the wicked will be shattered. But the Lord takes care of the godly day by day. The Lord takes care of the innocent and they will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. They will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine, they will have more than enough, but the wicked will die. The Lord's enemies are like flowers in a field. They will disappear like smoke. The wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. Those the Lord blesses will possess the land, but those he curses will die. 23 says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by their hand. Once I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. The godly always gives generous loans to others and their children are a blessing. Turn, 
from evil and do good, and you will live in the land forever. For the Lord loves justice, and he will never abandon the godly. He will keep them safe forever, but the children of the wicked will die. The godly will possess the land and will leave there forever. The godly offer good counsel. They teach right from wrong. They have made God's law their own, so they will never slip from his path. The wicked wait in ambush for the godly, looking for an excuse to kill them. But the Lord will not let the wicked succeed or let the godly be condemned when they are put on trial. 34 says, put your hope in the Lord. Travel steadily along his path. He will honor you by giving you the land. You will see the wicked destroyed. I have seen wicked and ruthless people flourishing like a tree in its native soil. But when I looked again, they were gone. Though I searched for them, I could not find them. Look at those who are honest and good. For a wonderful future awaits those who love peace. But the rebellious will be destroyed. They have no future. 39 says, the Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. The Lord helps them, rescuing them from the wicked. He saves them and they find shelter in him. I read the whole book of Psalm 37 because I want to let somebody know on today that you don't have to do wicked to receive good. If you receive, if you do good, you'll receive the good of the land. But if you continue to do evil for evil, you'll get the same punishment. You'll get the same judgment as them. So don't worry about the ungodly. Don't worry about the wicked. Don't worry about those who are trying to come against you. Don't worry about those who want to hold you down. Don't worry about those that walk away. Don't worry about those who don't talk to you. Don't worry about them. You must worry that you will continue to, re to remain steadfast and unmovable. You must continue to worry that you will show the godly behavior, the godly attitude, the godly integrity, the godly character, because God takes care of his own. Some of us are his sons and daughters, but all of us is his children. We are all God's children, but we are all not his sons and daughters. When you are his sons and daughters, that means you have, you are reborn again and you are living for him. You are serving him. You are obeying him. There's no evil in your heart. And if evil does come upon you, you're able to resist that devil and he will flee from you. And that's in James chapter four. Read it. Amen. So I want to thank God for that on today. And like I said, I don't know why I'm there. I went there because I felt the need to be there. Amen. I move in God. I don't move in man. I obey the word of the God. Of the, I, I obey the word of the Lord. I obey the word. I obey his teachings. I try my best to live according to Genesis to Revelations. I try my best to do what he is requiring me to do. Strive to be godly, strive to be good, strive to live a righteous lifestyle. He wants you to strive to do what is necessary, to do what you are obligated and called to do, that you was chosen to do. You can't, you can't speak wickedness and, and you can't speak righteousness and unrighteousness outside of both your mouth. You can't speak good and evil 
out both sides of your mouth. You cannot be unstable. You cannot be double-minded. Either you want to serve God or you want to serve the devil. You can no longer serve two masters. Either you want to love one or you want to hate the other. Jesus said, you need to be hot, you need to be cold. But if you are lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. He said, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth, period. That's just what it is. That's the word of God. Study it. Someone asked me today, how do you go about studying the word of God? And I explained to them, get you a good study Bible. When you're reading a scripture and at that moment you don't understand it, tear it apart word for word, because people will turn around and say the Bible contradicts itself. No, it doesn't. The Bible does not contradict itself. The Bible is that you got to understand it, it was it culturally. Is it for today? Because a, a lot of things that was done in the Old Testament, you can't do it today in the New Testament. See, in, in God's day, it was judgment. And Jesus' day, it's grace. But the word remains the same. The word remains the same. Choices. But from the beginning until the end, it was still all about a choice. You can read, listen, Deuteronomy chapter, chapter 30, it tells us blessings and cursings choose good or bad at this whole bible is nothing but choices you choose to live right or you choose to live wrong you choose to obey god or you choose to serve other idols it's a choice how do you choose to live how do you choose to wake up how do you choose to die how do you choose to speak how do you choose to move how do you choose to help everything in this world is a choice I have to say, I don't have a choice. Yes, you do. Everybody has a choice. Now, there are some, some, some circumstances that you have to say just a little bit. There are some things that you absolutely just don't have a choice. Some things is, it is what it is. We may not like it, but we have to respect it. Amen. Listen, we, we, may not like it but we must respect it you don't have to be mean you don't have to be rude you don't have to make them you don't have to make bad judgments you don't have to make bad calls it comes with you need you need wisdom and discretion you need wisdom and discretion you need to discern should i say should i not say should i go should i not go should shouldn't that's it amen so god i thank you on today i bless your name i glorify you lord god god as i begin as i decrease you increase lord god increase your your presence your spirit on me lord god protect me keep
me from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Lord God, continue to give the words that I need to speak. Continue to give me um, the words that I need to speak. Continue to give me the words that I need to speak. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart to be acceptable unto thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Lord God, continue to allow me to be a light to those who are in darkness so that I can bring them out of darkness and take them to the to the ultimate light, who you are, Jesus Christ. God, I thank you for sending your son to us to die on the cross, not just for, for, for others, but for me as well, so that I will have a right to the tree of life, so that I will have a right to salvation, so that I will have a right to be saved, so that I will have a right to make better, better decisions and better judgments, so that I will have a right to do what is necessary, that if I will be evil, if I will be good. But God, I thank you for calling me. I thank you for choosing me. God, I thank you for giving me the gifts of discernment, the gifts of the spirit of speaking in tongues. I thank you for the gift of prophecy. I thank you for the gift of knowing and studying your word. I thank you for the gift to be able to pastor, to be able to teach, to be able to see, to be able to uh, uh, have dreams and visions and 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 the words to say the, the the gift of knowledge, the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowing, the gift of help, the gift of uh, 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 of understanding. Lord God, I thank you, God, for giving me all of these gifts to use for your glory, to use for your kingdom. Lord God, I want to be able to 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 to, to please you in every area of my life. And Lord God, I thank you for those who are watching from behind the scenes. And Lord God, I thank you for those who are watching publicly, Lord God. I thank you for those who are listening, Lord God, and they're taking the word for what it is, Lord God, and they're studying the word for themselves, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you for my life, my health, and my strength. Lord God, bless those who are watching, Lord God. God, allow salvation to take a hold of their lives, Lord God. Allow salvation to take a hold of their lives, Lord God. Allow salvation to take a hold of their lives, Lord God, so that they can be upright in your sight, Lord God, that they can come out of darkness and walk into light, Lord God, that they will not be afraid to walk for you. They will no longer be afraid to speak for you, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord God, we thank you for their lives and their and their health and their strength, Lord God. Strengthen those who are weakened, Lord God. Strengthen those who are weakened, Lord God, and allow those to be weakened so that you can strengthen them, Lord God. God, help them in their heart, their minds, their thoughts, and their feelings, Lord God. Creating them a clean heart and renew the right spirit within them, Lord God. Lord God, I bind up witches and warlock. I bind up the spirit of unrighteousness. I bind up the spirit of malice and jealousy. I bind up the spirit of contention and, and, and sadness. I bind it in the mighty name of Jesus. No weapon that is formed against your people shall prosper and every tongue that rises up against us shall be condemned in the mighty name of Jesus because we are your promise. We are your inheritance. We are whom you created, Lord God, for to do great things, Lord God, so that you will get the glory, Lord God, out of our story. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Oh, thank you, God, our Father who is in heaven. Hallowed be your name in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord God, forgive us for our sins. Forgive us for our transgressions. Forgive us for our downfalls. Forgive us for not studying like we should. Forgive us for not reading like we should. Forgive us for not doing like we should. Forgive us for not giving like we should. Forgive us for not having understanding. Forgive us for not having wisdom. Forgive us for not asking for knowledge in the mighty name of Jesus. Forgive us for 
for the seen and the unseen. Forgive us for the known and the unknown. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God, continue to bring us up to a place in you. Let us be stronger in you. Let us serve you. Let us worship you in spirit and in truth. Let our hearts be free of stuff that should not even be in it. So God, I thank you for change and I thank you for salvation. And Lord God, I thank you for deliverance in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord God, help us to focus on you. Help us to focus on the things that you've given us to do, Lord God, that we won't allow the negativity that we see come upon us. We won't allow it to consume us. We won't allow it to have dominion over us, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. So God, I thank you because you are Lord of Lords. You are King of Kings. You are the great I am. You're the lily in the valley. You're Jehovah Nisi. You're our banner. You're our strength. You're our fortress, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Continue to place the hedge of protection around us, Lord God, so that we are protected, Lord God, that we are kept, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord God, on today, if anybody desires to have the gift of the Holy Ghost, if anybody have the desire to have the gift of discernment, if anybody have a desire to have the gift of salvation, Lord God, allow their hearts to be open. Allow their minds to be open. Allow their, their thoughts to be open, their feelings to be open, to receive what thus saith the Lord, to receive that they can, they can repent before you, Lord God. They'll repent of their sins. they repent of their their mistakes, Lord God, and don't allow their, their past to have dominion over them. Don't allow their past to control them. Don't allow their past to consume them. Allow their past to release so they can move in your path of righteousness, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. So God, we thank you. We love, we bless you and we glorify you. Hear our hearts on today, God. Hear our prayers on today, Lord God. Don't allow iniquity to stay in our heart. Don't allow stuff to stay in our heart that's doing us no good. That's keeping us bound. That's keeping us captive. That's keeping us chained. So God, release the chains so that we can be free, Lord God. No longer bound to stuff. No longer bound to places. No longer bound to people in the mighty name of Jesus. And look out on this morning. Look on Lillian, Lord God. Touch her in such a mighty way, Lord God. Continue to bless her and her son, Lord God. That you will continue to move mightily in their lives, God. Lord God, there's some changes in their lifestyles that needs to be changed, Lord God. There's some changes that need to take place, Lord God. They need to find, oh Lord, I hear this in spirit. Lillian, I hear God saying, you need to find a place to where you can go and, and, and go back to worshiping him in a place. Listen, listen, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's not saying, it's not saying, thank you, Lord. It's not saying that you can't worship him at your home. It's not saying that you can't worship him in your closet. It's not saying that you can't worship him in your car. It's not saying that you can't worship him in your shower. But I hear God saying you need to be around a group of positive people. You need to be around a group of people that has wisdom, that has some knowledge and some strength that they can allow you to hold on just a little while longer, that they can push you in to your gifts. They can push you into your calling. They can push you into your potential. Oh my God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So Lord God, on today, I'm praying and I'm interceding and I'm standing in the gap for Lillian on today and her son, Lord God. And God, I'm asking that you will continue to wrap your arms around them and that you will keep them, Lord God. And you will place some good people in their life, Lord God, that will bring them to a place back to you, God. 
so that they can have what you had intended for them to have from the very beginning. So God, I thank you for their lives, their health and their strength, Lord God. Continue to continue to just bring things in order, line everything up, Lord God. Place them where they need to be, Lord God. Open up some doors that needs to be opened up for them, Lord God. It's no, oh God, I feel it in my spirit. You don't have to worry, but it's, it's almost like you're, you're, you, you need more, you need, you need better, you need greater. Something's got to be different. Something's got to change and God is going to do it, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to put work into it. You're going to have to get up. You're going to have to go. You're going to have to push. You're going to have to persevere. And when that's, oh my God. And when Satan literally comes, he's going to come. He's going to try to attack you, but you're going to have to stand on the word of God and you have to, oh, you have to hold on to his robe. You have to hold on to the word because nothing is going to cause you to move because you're going to make that conscious decision to this time, this is what's going to be done. This time, this is what's going to happen. This time, things are going to be different in the mighty name of Jesus. So God, I thank you for the word. I thank you, Lord God, for the seeing. I thank you for the vision. I thank you for God in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you. We bless you. We glorify you. And able the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name, I pray, we pray, and we all say amen. 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 Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thank you. And I don't know what your prayers have been. I don't know um, what you've been seeking for. I don't know what's been totally going on in your life. But if God has confirmed it, just say confirm. If God has confirmed it, just say confirm. Because if God confirmed it and it's confirmed, give God a praise. Give God a praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you confirm, oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. We give you the honor, God. We give it all over to you, Lord God. And because she has confirmed it, Lord God, oh, she's just opened up another way that you're going to come in unto her, Lord God. And things are going to shift and things are going to change and things are going to come to pass. 2023 will not be like 2022. In the mighty name of Jesus, put the work in. Put the work in. Make some things happen. Make some phone calls. This year coming, don't accept a no. And that's what I hear. This year coming, if God doesn't change his mind and remove his hand from this world and we make it into 2023, I hear the angel of the Lord saying, no longer accept a no. No longer accept a no. This coming year, your faith, your faith is going to move like no other. In the mighty name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, it is so and so it is. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, moving into Job. Oh, Lord, thank you, God. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Oh, God, I give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. Oh, God, I give you the praise. I give you the glory. I give you the honor. I worship you, God. 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 Hallelujah. 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 God, I give you the highest praise, God. Hallelujah. Oh, Thank you, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, help me in this place. Help me, God, if you will, in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, help me. Lord, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, hallelujah. Oh, my God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Oh, yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Who? Come on, Job. Come on, Job. Come on, Job. Come on, Job. All right. We was we started in Job chapter two. Lord have mercy. We started in Job chapter two yesterday, and I walked us through all the way from verses one to verses ten. And we're gonna go ahead, and we're in Job today. We're on Job two, and we're at verses eleven. And I do believe that eleven is gonna take me all the way to thirteen. So that's where we are. Um, the total, but I want to put in here total um, series is coming it's coming from the book of job and so some of y'all need to some of y'all need to study that amen some of y'all need to get your bibles and y'all need to read job chapters one through and i believe it's 42 I believe it stops at 42, 42 or 49. Let me see. Let me make sure. Let me be sure, right? Like I'll be sure. They make sure that I'll be sure. <laughs> uh, yes, Job chapters one through 42. So Job chapter two, starting at the 11th verse. And this particular, these scriptures here, is talking about the friends of Job. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus, because this right here is going to be a doozy. And um, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, don't allow your continence to change your confidence. And anytime that you have friends, whether it's a best friend, whether they're associates, whatever their friend status is, don't allow your continence to change your confidence because of friends, because of associates, because of best friends. Um, the, the scripture tells us in Proverbs, um, let me see, I need to, I had, did I write down, um, let me see, I don't think I wrote down this, but I'm going to read, I'm going to put this in here. I came from Psalms 37 and I came from um, James chapter four and i like to put those scriptures in there that i talk about so that y'all can go back and y'all can read them but there's a scripture that also tells us that um um a friend finds himself friend you got to be friendly right and so i want to i know it's in proverbs Proverbs 1824. Thank you. So let me let me read that. Let me let me let y'all know you got to be that friend. 
can't worry about others. You be, you be that good friend. You be that special friend. Amen. Listen, Proverbs. Let me put that in here. Proverbs 1824. Proverbs 1824. And it reads, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly hold on okay. a man that has friends must show himself friendly and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother now let me tell you um when you have a friend don't take your friends for granted. Can I say, can I just say it like that? Proverbs 18, 24, I want to read it in the New Living Translation. It says, there are friends, and it's in quotations if y'all want to go back and read it. But it says, there are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Can I say that again? Proverbs 18, 24, and the New Living Translation says, there are friends who destroy each other but a real friend sticks closer than a brother so let me speak to that right quick because i need to say this just because a friend may hurt you doesn't mean they're not your friend just because a friend may not agree with you doesn't mean they're not your friend just because a friend may come against you doesn't mean they're not your friend just because a friend may destroy you doesn't mean they're not your friend. We hear a lot of times, wow, you did that and you say that you're my friend. And they'll turn and say, I am your friend. Well, you have to understand that every friend has a struggle. Every friend has an issue. Every friend has circumstances. Every friend has a situation. Every friend is married. Every friend may have children. Every friend may have a job. They may not have a job. Every friend that says that they're your friend is, doesn't mean they're not your friend when something bad happens. You understand the scripture. That's why it says there are friends in quotations who destroy each other because there are friends who destroy each other. And then there are other friends that build one another. That's why it says, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother because there's a scripture in Je uh, uh, Jesus said that if your brother sinned against you, you are to do what? Go to him. You should not sin against your brother without a cause. You have to understand that a person that calls you their brother, they're closer than a friend. I, I said that just like I said it. A real friend sticks closer than a brother. Some people have brothers, they'll, they'll die for their brother. But there are other friends that is closer than a brother that will die for you as well. So I'm trying to get you all to understand that just because they betray you doesn't mean they're not a friend. It just means that they need help. It means that they need to understand that they may have a narcissistic behavior. They may have a narcissistic um, spirit. They need to be delivered. They need to they need to be shown how to be a friend 
properly. They need to learn how to be a friend. They need to understand the purpose of a friend. They need to understand the potential of a friend. But stop saying, and I thought you were my friend. They are your friend, but they make mistakes. They 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 make bad choices. I, and I, that's why I put on my page the other day, children make mistakes and adults make decisions. These sometimes are choices from these friends that base their decisions or their choices or their mistakes off of somebody else, whether it's something that they heard or whether it's something that they've seen. At the end of the day, you just have to know boundaries and standards. You have to be that friend that can help them be that friend. And I need y'all to catch this. I had to learn that everybody doesn't think the same. I had to learn that everybody doesn't believe the same thing. I had to learn that just because a friend hurts you doesn't mean that they don't love you. I had to learn that um, when people show you who they are, believe them, but not just for others, but for you as well. We get upset because we watch our friends do wrong to other people. And then when our friends do wrong to us, we get more upset because we don't think they'll turn around and do it to us. So now let me flip it. It's just like I saw about a snake. A snake, a, a snake's nature is to bite you. A snake's nature is to spit venom at you. A snake's nature is to squeeze the life out of you. A, a dog that's being beaten on and mistreated, their natural response is to bite you. Have you ever pet a dog on the backside and it turns around and nips your hand? That's nature, it's an impulse. Something trauma, traumatized maybe that animal that caused him to react that way. But in some animals like snakes and alligators, that's their natural habitat. Their natural habitat is to eat you, is <laughs> to destroy you. So if you have a friend and their natural, their natural being, their natural human being literally, <laughs> literally is to hurt people because they've been hurt and nobody has taken out the time to nurture them. Nobody has taken out the time to show them this is not what you do. This is not what you say. This is not how you behave. This is not how you act. Because in reality, some hum some adults have been acting that way their entire life. So because they've acted that way for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, they've been trained that way. They've been trained to, to, to be that way. But the, the people that they're around, they've been made to feel like that's what they have to do. But when you are that real friend, that will stick closer to them than your own DNA brother, that you will love them and you will show them and you can lead by an example instead of help me, Holy Ghost, instead of they hurt you that one time and you just cut them off. You just cut them off. What you have to understand is the same patient that God gave somebody else for you you have to have that same patience that God gives you for somebody else that he's given to you. And it's, listen, we got to stop calling people in an assignment. People are in assignment. It's the, it's the, it's the work. The work is the assignment, not the person. 
You got to put a lot of work into the person. That's work. The person is not an assignment. They're not a piece of paper. They're, they're not a they're not a chalkboard. They're, they're not a car. They're not a chair. They're not a, a, a food product. They are a human being who needs work. And if God has given you that work of assignment for the person, sometimes that work is finished. Sometimes that work is done. Why? Not because of nothing that you said or done, but because the, the, the work, the, the, the person that you're giving the work to, they're not applying it. They're not receiving it. They're rejecting it. Because if, if, if somebody built this, thank you, Holy Spirit. If somebody built this, this, tri, this, this mini tri stand, okay? Somebody built this. Well, when the last person who gets it, if something on it is defective, they can't sell a defective item. I need y'all to catch this. They cannot sell a defective item. It goes where? Either to the trash or to the defective pile, because there are some warehouses that take those defective items and they sell them for less cost. So let me just tell somebody on today, even though you may have a disability, even though you may have some de de defects, you are still worthy to God. You are still worth to God. You are still a work in progress. You are still a work in process. You are still able to receive whatever it is you need so that you can no longer be the friend that destroys people, but the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And the reason why I can speak to that is because I was that friend. <laughs> I was that friend that hurt your feelings. I was that friend that came against you. I was that friend that put hands on you. I was that friend that talked crazy to you. I was that friend. But I had to learn how to, how to know how to be that proper friend. I had to know that. So listen, I had someone to tell me she's a pastor now, but many, 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 many years ago, I was bragging on something that I was bragging on something that I thought was right and it was wrong. And she looked at me and she said, Sister Holloway, that's not funny. She said, Sister Holloway, that's not, that's not good. She said, Sister Holloway, you can't do that. And so at that moment, my excitement changed to like, well, but they was doing this to me first or they were treating me like that first you say it didn't it doesn't matter they're a leader and not only they're a leader they're still human it's 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 it's, it's morally wrong it's, it's just it's just wrong you, you 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 can't and so for me because when i grew up when i did something wrong i never did it i never did it again now there are some people in this world that you gotta you gotta teach them over and over again. But there are some people in this world who learns from their mistakes, and I just happen to be that person. That's why I can say that I'm that friend that sticks closer than a brother because I I can I don't need nobody telling me that I don't learn from my own mistakes. I learn from my own mistakes. I learn what to do and what not to do. If it's wrong, then I'll work on it and try to make it right. And that's why people tell me all the time, if they're not really trying to be your friend, leave them alone. 
Stop chasing them. But me, I'm so focused on trying to make it right. But there are some people who don't want you to make it right. There are some people who don't want a solution. There are some people who want to stay broken, who want to stay bitter, who want to stay angry. I even experienced that on yesterday. Literally. So I know where I am in God and I know the mistakes that I've made in my past. But if you're still holding on to my mistakes of the past, then those issues and those troubles are not on me. They're on you and they're between you and God. Because at the end of the day, I want to grow forward. I want to grow. I want to grow forward. I don't want to stay behind. So there's a question on here. So let me pause just for a little bit. Let me pause just for a little bit. It says, what if a friend betray you and lie to you? Is dealing with this situation and I'm trying to teach him more is dealing with this situation and I'm trying to teach him because this one said he not friends with Morph's half-brother because of what his half-brother has done to him. And this went off, this went off the porch and went straight back to his half-brother and then came back to Morph and said he not his half-brother. He's not his half-brother's friend. So Morph has really been feeling betrayed and felt like he'd been lied to. Is it okay to cut certain people off if you give them so many chances to work on a situation, but they don't want to work on it and continue to do when i try to make things work i put in my time but they don't is it okay to cut them off and they work on they self i know i have learned and teaching my son from my mistakes so he don't make the same mistakes i've made okay listen so let me say this and, and all of that uh, lillian makes complete sense yes and i and i'm going to say this listen you're here people say thank you holy spirit You'll hear people say, Jesus didn't cut anyone off. Jesus didn't excuse Judas from the table. No, he didn't, but he loved him. There's a difference. When If Psalms 23 tells us that he prepares a table in the presence of our enemies, then yeah, he prepares a table in the presence of our enemies. So guess what? So that means in order for him to prepare a table in the presence of our enemies, then the enemies must be present somewhere, right? So no. Sometimes you don't have to cut them off. Sometimes it's about placing a boundary and saying, listen, so many times we've gathered together and we've had these issues and I'm really trying to talk to you about them. And I feel like we're not coming together and we're not coming into an agreement and it's just hurting our relationship even the more. So I feel like maybe we just need to take a break or maybe we just need to separate for a time until one of us can at least recognize where we are. Because for me, I know where I am, but I don't know where you are. So unless you explain to me something that I did or something that I said or how I might have treated you, then I don't know what to do. But all I know is that every time we get together, you're lying to me, you're manipulating to me, and you're making me feel bad. But if I'm doing something to cause those problems, then let me know. Sometimes, Lillian, it's about communication. But see, and again, we can't make people tell us what's wrong. We can't make our friends tell us the whole truth. We can only go off of what we've been told, what we hear, and the actions that we see. So what if they blame me for everything that happens? They don't accept they're wrong. That's when you have to say, you know what? Since it seems that I am the problem, let me just walk away. 
if at any given moment you're always the blame, then you need to move. You need to just put it out there. Okay, you're saying that I did this and the other, and and so it seems like nothing I'm doing is right. So let me just let me be the one to say, let me back up from this situation. Let, let me just back away from you for a while and let me go work on me. Let me go to God and pray. And let me tell you something, Lillian. I'm not telling you something that I heard. I'm telling you something that I've experienced and that I've been in for myself. And it's not easy. It's a whole struggle. It's a whole struggle when you are really trying to be that friend and they're not allowing you to be that friend. So it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them. Because eventually, I haven't had to tell my husband. I had to tell my husband. I said, okay, listen, you're saying I'm doing this. I don't see it. So let me work on it. Whether I see it or whether I don't see it, you're saying I'm hurting you in this area. So let me, so I had to tell him, give me patience. Give me at least patience so that I can work on what you're saying that I'm doing because I don't want our relationship to be destroyed. And I don't want us to get a divorce because of something that I continually to do to you that I just don't see it that way. But if someone is expressing to you what you're doing, then yeah, you're going to have to learn how to handle that kickback. Well, and that's the thing. Okay, can I ask you a question and you be honest about it? Let me ask you a question and 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 be honest about it. But I won't ask the question until you give me a yes or you give me a no, with, with whatever it is, because I have a question and I'm going to ask you because this question is going to speak to a lot of things that we do and, or a lot of things that we did. So let me say it like that. This question is going to speak to a lot of things that we have done or a lot of things that we are doing. Okay. In the past, okay, um, when your son was growing up and he didn't understand why his dad was doing some of the things that he was doing, have you ever spoke bad about his dad in front of him? It doesn't matter if it was one time. It doesn't matter if it was three time and it doesn't matter if you're not doing it now, but have you ever spoke bad, whether intentionally or unintentionally in front of your son about his dad or others for that, but we're just focusing on the dad. So have you ever done that? And then I'll begin to answer. I'll give you now, give you a complete answer to the question because I'm going to tell you where that stems from. No, I'll wait until you respond. Because a lot of times, and a, and a lot of times we do, we'll, we'll say things and we'll say things out of anger. We'll say things out of anger, um, not realizing that our children pick up every conversation, whether we're talking to our friends, whether we're talking to our parents, whether we're talking to a sister, it doesn't matter. Our children soak in information. So the question is, have you ever at any given moment spoke bad about dad?
Okay, so why she why I'm waiting on her to respond? I don't want to be in a in a I don't want dead air. So and I haven't even got to 11 yet, but it just I knew that this part here in this particular place was going to be very, 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 very important concerning friends. And I mean what I say. I literally mean what I say. Okay, she's writing. She says yes a couple times when it was really bad because of the mother of the other kids trying to fight with me when I had my son with me and when I was on phone with friends because I didn't realize he could pick up on it. That's the key. So here's what happens, Lillian. And I'm going to give you some suggestions and um, and try to get you in a, ver a very good place with this because, because those things has happened, those are, you, you planted those seeds. So now that Morph is in an, an older, he's older now. So now he's 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 seen, he's heard, he's been a part of, he's witnessed so much as a child. And so now that he is a young, a young little boy, and he's about to become a teenager here real soon. So now you have to understand that he he understands his love for his mother. So can Morb have some hurt and some um, uncertainties about how his father feels about him? And, I, and, and, and a lot of times we don't know because we haven't been taught. But I'm going to be honest with you. Um, my children's father kidnapped our kids. Yes, he kidnapped them. He changed his name. He changed his address. He changed his phone number. He moved. Um, he literally the last conversation we had was you'll never see your kids again and um i'm not bringing them back and i was just like oh my god what just happened and i never thought that he would do something like that because my children we we, we share custody um they would go with him every summer they would go with him every, you know, every chance, anytime that he wanted them. I never had a problem with him getting the kids. And I I got into a, 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 a good major final relationship and I guess he couldn't handle it. And I don't know if he might have thought we were going to get back together. I don't know if he might have thought. I don't know what he thought. I don't know what was going on in his mind, literally. But I never thought that I would be that parent that would have such a scare to know that my children have been kidnapped by their dad and and going back to baltimore and trying to find him was just unbelievable like it blew my entire mind i had to go to juvenile to prove that i had full custody i had to go to the police station to get information from the sheriff to go up there that i have so they can help me find my kids so it was, but, but let, but let me say, but it, but no, but, but God, because in 24 hours, well, 40, it was 48 hours and 48 hours. I had my children back in my hands and it was nobody but God. And I thank God for my husband because without him, I don't think I would have gotten my children back I, without him and his mom. I, I didn't even have transportation. Like I had nothing but a, a house, an apartment and my children. That's all I had. No money. You know, I wasn't working. Well, I think I was working, but I don't, I don't remember. But I said all of that to say this, even in that, I never talked bad about their dad. 
at all. I didn't talk about him cheating and getting another girl pregnant while we we're together. I didn't talk about him doing some things, you know, that was crazy. I didn't talk about the things that we actually did together that we almost done with the jet. Like I never talked bad about their dad to them whatsoever. When he kidnapped them, my only words to them when I got them back was, you won't see these children for a while. I never told him you'll never see them again. I just told him you won't see them for a while, for a long while. Don't, don't, don't contact me at all. I, I will contact you because I was that angry. But one day right here in, well, in Knoxville, I was watching the news and I, and I saw a name that came across the screen that one of his daughters had been kid, uh, had ran away had ran away. And I thought to myself in a school that she was going to, I was like, wait a minute, that school is right around the corner where I live. And my oldest goes to that school. So I was like, oh my God, he's back in Knoxville. Literally, he's back in Knoxville. And so at that moment, they were older. When he kidnapped them, Mikey was five and Ashley was three. When he, no, Mikey was seven and Ashley was five because they was they were starting school. And they, I needed to get them back for them to start because Ashley was starting kindergarten. And I never forget it. She was five years old and Mikey was seven. And now, so it'll let you know how long this the spread was. Um, at that moment, he was, when Mike, when that happened, Mikey was now like 13, 14 years old. He was in, um, actually, no, I take it back. He was in high school. He was in the ninth grade. Mikey was in the ninth grade. And when, the, when, so at that moment, I never talked bad about their dad at all. Ashley would say, you know, can I go see my dad? I said, well, he doesn't live in Knoxville anymore. You know, he's back in Baltimore. I said, but when we get an opportunity, you know, I'll make it work. So we found out that he was in Knoxville. Then they wanted to go and see him. And I let them go. I did. I, I let them go. I let them go so that they can make their own decisions. I never stopped my children from seeing their dad except for when he kidnapped them. That was it. But when I found out he was back in Knoxville and they asked to see him, even against my better judgment, I took them over there to see him. And then eventually I allowed them to go over because they were older now. So they were now old enough to, to make those decisions. My son feels like he didn't, he doesn't exist to them unless he's in the home. He feels like he don't want him at all. And he texted Morph one day and told him he Morph was not like the other three, but he is. But I know Morph not. Morph has talked about how he really been feeling in therapy and the case management. That's it. And I just question myself, like, how can I fix my son's heart so he so he's not broken? You can't fix his heart. Lillian, you can't, you can't fix his heart. Only God can and Morph can. You can pray with him and for him. You can let him know that he is special and he is um, very intelligent. You got to speak positive in him. You, you can, you, but you can't fix that feeling. Morph has to fix that feeling. And if he's in therapy, they will teach him and show him also the positive things that he can do to do it. But outside of that, because and because he is working on healing, you can't continue to speak negativity. You can't you can't continue to speak against what he's trying to do. So you can you can't make the father be in Morph's life. That's got to be a decision on the dad. The dad has to make that decision. To be honest, 
the I, I, I you know, in spite of the relationship and, and the things that's taken place in the past. And to be honest, if you want more to have a group, a good relationship with the dad, then your heart has to change too. Your heart has to change. You can't be bitter. You can't be angry. You can't be deceitful. You, you, you got to continue to have a good heart. Now, you can't worry about how they're acting. You can't worry about that. And I'm going to share this. My, my oldest daughter, um, uh, her, her, her child's father put me on the phone one day and I heard how bad she was talking to this dude. And I, and I told her, I said, I don't ever want to see you do that again. A man has feelings. A man has feelings. They have feelings. They have a heart. Some men are broken from past relationships. Some men have been hurt. Some men don't know how to be a father. Some men had are doing the same thing that their father done. So I said all of that to say this. You have, and I just said it, go back, read Psalm 37. You have to be the one that has a good heart. You have to be the one to see things right. You have to be the one to make it right. In spite of what they're saying, God will work in your favor if you're not acting the way that they're acting. And a lot of times, some of this is over consumption, uh, assumptions. My, I, my, my oldest, my, my, my husband has a child. Me and the baby's mother never had an altercation. We never had any issues. Why? Because in the beginning, I just let her know, listen, that's you and Chris's child. I ain't got nothing to do with that. Whatever y'all got going on, that's y'all. She said, if I, I just don't bring that drama to my house. I have kids here. I don't, I, I don't do all that drama. I'm not all, I, I don't do that. I, I don't have that to do. I don't really, I didn't really know her. I didn't really know her. But at the end of the day, because I didn't know her and their lifestyle and what they were doing, but I know who I am. I've never been that person who had baby mama drama. And to be and to be honest with you, I never dated any men that had children because I know how I am. I have a good heart, but I don't know how they are. And I just don't want to deal with all of that. But lo and behold, God graced me and he blessed me. And me and his ba and he, me and his son's mother, I believe we have a good relationship. We laugh, we cut up. I've gone over to birthday parties and, and, and we literally, I, for, and I can say from my point of view, we, we don't have no issues. And I have a good relationship with my son, with my son. I only call him a stepson, Chris Jr. I have a very good relationship with him, literally. Well, I believe I do. <laughs> I believe he loves me. I know he loves me. But in, but in all of that, God holds us accountable for where we are. That's why you, that's why the scripture tells us, as, as I just read it, there are friends who destroy each other, but real friends sticks closer than a brother because our, our children's father or our children's mother should have a good relationship. But here in reality, everybody doesn't have that. They don't, they don't have it. Everybody doesn't have it. But let me tell you something, because I had it, my daughter and her daughter and the child's father and his wife, they all have a great relationship, literally. They've all come here. We've all gone there. Literally, 
We are because I taught my daughter, you will not be that that drama fied baby mama. You will not. I did I've not taught you that. You didn't see that in me. And you're I don't care what I don't care what your friends say. You will not disrespect your child's father. You will not. You will not. His dad never calls more. I was making sure he called his dad, and I thought no child should chase their parent you're right so i told more if he don't want to call him it's okay you're right um his dad should reach out to more you're right i told more people to see him he can let me know and i can work on it but i won't force him to go somewhere he don't want to go you're right and if he doesn't feel safe there you're absolutely right Morph has told me he don't feel safe there then let it be what it is i told more we not going to speak their names in our home to have peace in our home you're right we as parents are responsible for the well-being of our children or our child now the flip side of that if that is what's happening then okay but if the father calls and says i want to see him you and the father need to have conversation communication needs to happen co-parenting is the hardest thing of all but it can be done it's possible people need to stop being immature and start being mature you got to grow up you got to change the cycle you got to do better and you're right and i told all my i told i tell all my kids that have children don't chase them they know they have a child I never chased my children's parent, my father. I did not. I didn't send no pictures. I didn't call. You know you have a child. Why am I going to chase you down? I'm not doing that. And I never took them out for child support. I sure did not. I did not take them out for child support because you know you have a child. And I'm not going to make I'm not going to make you pay. And somebody else should not have to make you pay. You know, I raised my children on my income, myself. I didn't, can you buy Chris? No, mm -mm, cause you know you have a child. So I worked hard for my children because at the end of the day, they don't just have a dad, they have a mother. It's the mother's responsibility to take care of her children or her child. Well, in that, you're partially right. So let me speak to that, Lillian. You're partially right. If they're in a relationship, you're right. She don't have a right to speak anything when it comes to decisions, um, uh, um, decision making. Anything that happens between you and Morph, it is with you, Morph, and the dad. That is absolute truth. But if she lives in the home, and they do have other children, then what goes for that household also goes for Morph. If let me give an example. If Morph, if you got if you like Morph to jump on the bed in your house, but she says, I don't allow my children to jump on the bed in my house, you have to respect that. You have to respect that. If you don't have a bad time in your house and she has a bad time for their children in their house, you have to respect that. That's 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 right decision making she has every right to speak to what goes on in her house
But when it comes to discipline, she can express her opinion. She can express her concerns. But the ultimate decision is between you and the baby's father. The ultimate decision. No, she don't have to be sitting at every meeting. No, she don't have to be in every decision. But in reality, if they are in a relationship, at some point, her voice needs to be heard so that you can understand what it is and what it ain't. And so that she can get a better understanding of what it is and what it ain't. Because you can express to her and say, listen, this is what this is how Morph is. If you having any problems now, I don't spank him, but I've heard that you do. So before you spank him, can you at least have a conversation with me and see if I can talk with him and see if we can change this and give him another another opportunity to make it right? I listen. I'm sorry. I, I won't apologize for bringing solutions and trying to fix issues from every situation. Everything doesn't have to turn out bad. Well, how, why do I say that? Because I've been on that side of the track. I've been on snatching souls. I've been on punching people in the face for talking crazy to my kids. I've been on there. What you're not going to do is say this and the other. I've been that person. But I've learned it will get it will get two things. It, it learned you get you dead or get you in jail. That, that That's just what it is. So is it worth, for me, I had to ask myself, is it worth me going to jail over my child? Then if I'm in jail, who's going to take care of my child? If I'm dead, who's going to take care of my child? So it's up to me to do what? Make better decisions. It's up to me to make the better choices. It's up to me to say, okay, Listen, I don't really care about the little girlfriend, but at the end of the day, can we just come to some common place? Can we just get to some common ground? And if we can't, then I tell you what, let's just go to court. Because at the end of the day, this is not working. And the only person that's getting hurt is the child. The child is hurting. The child loves the father and loves the mother. And I'm going to say this to you, and this might, I don't know, but I feel it in my spirit to say it, and I'm going to say it. In reality, Morph wants a relationship with his dad, but he doesn't want to hurt you. So he'll hate his dad because you hate his dad. He'll won't want to go around the dad because you don't want him to go around the dad. And it's not so much the dad, it's, 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 it's that mama, it's that, that girlfriend too. So a lot of times our children will, will, will act and do and say and be because they don't want to hurt us. Because they don't want to hurt us. So what will happen is... The child will play both sides. They'll want to plan on the side of the mama. They'll want to plan on the side of the daddy. And then you got a child that's been placed in the middle. And now the child is confused, hurt, and devastated. Because he loves his mama, but he loves his daddy too. But because he loves his mama more, he's going to gravitate to the mama. That's why I said y'all ought to respect one another. Shouldn't they respect what I allow and don't allow here? Because when he goes... There, they allow those three and more to do anything. They allow three to drink, smoke, have sex, and more. They get mad because I don't allow Morph to play play Grand Theft Auto. And when Morph tells me he did there and I call to address it, they say that I'm overdoing it. It's okay. I'm looking for help and advice to make it better. Lillian, listen, I know the struggle, baby. Listen, I know the struggle. 
I listen, don't listen. I know that you are, and that's why you're here. And you know why God's going to do this for you? Do you know why God's going to turn around and do a favor? Because we're live. We, we're live. And you're not the only one that's going through this. So I guarantee you somebody is listening, and somebody is writing this down, and somebody is doing the same thing. Sometimes I feel like my hands are tied, and sometimes you do because you're frustrated, and you just want your son's heart to be better. You just want him to have a relationship with his father. But your hands, can we can I be real with you? Your hands are tied. Because sometimes God just wants you to sit back and just chill and let him do it. Sometimes you don't, you can't say anything. Sometimes you just gotta keep praying. And, and I said it, yeah, respect goes both ways. If now you talking about sex, drugs, now how old are these children <laughs> that that they got that's over there that more was over doing the same thing? And listen, and let me say this: we're not gonna get into much of that. I would just say that's just a question for you to answer. Okay, let me say that's just a question. Don't answer that. I, that's just in my mind. But we don't allow. Jacob is fourteen years old. Oh, you know, <laughs> listen, Jacob is fourteen years old. Hear me. He's 14 and he's always wanted Grand Theft Auto. And we always say, no, you're not playing it here. You're not playing it there. We don't, we just don't. Listen, his mother, his mother stay with, stays with us now. We have custody of Jacob. We adopted him in April of last year. And uh, she got here and um, she, I heard them having a conversation. And uh, and I got up and I went in and I said, um, don't do that. Don't do that. I said, I understand that you're his mother and I, I need you to hear me, Lillian. I, and I, I didn't raise my voice. I wasn't loud. I didn't even get smart. I said, don't do that. We have those controls on Jacob's TV on purpose. So if he went to you and asked you to do something, and he didn't come to us is only because he knows the answer is going to be no. He knows that he's doing something sneaky. So if you were going to do that and gave him that, then I would hold you responsible because Jacob knows that he's a child. Even though he's 14 years old, he's autistic and he's a child, but he's still smart. He's still smart. He's very intelligent. He knows. And I said that at that moment that I let her know, if he asks you anything, you need to come to me first. If he questions you about anything, you need to come and question me first. You need to come to seek me first. And I hope that makes sense because if they, if, if it's not being spoken to, it'd be spoken against. I, I need, I, I listen, if it isn't, spoken to, it will be spoken against. I, I need to write that because that, that right there, it speaks value. If it isn't spoken to, it will be spoken against. And that's what we understand. But they was doing it younger too. Right. And I have the app on my phone for PlayStation. So I monitor it too as well. And But that's the thing. And, and to be honest with you, Lillian, all you can do is monitor it. That's it. 
we can't see everything that our children are doing 24 hours a day. We can't. But we also got the Proverbs 22 and 6, train up a child in the way that they should go. And as they get older, they won't depart from it. Why? Because we've taught them. So if he gets old now, because see, the thing about it is, and I'm going to be honest with you. If you told your son that he is not to play Grand Theft Auto and he got over there and they let him play it, then that's not on them. That's on him. That's not on his dad. That's not on those children because your son is old enough to know what you stated. So again, he'll turn around and say, well, they let me do it. That's a smack in your face because at the end of the day, he needs to be on punishment because what did I tell you? I don't care what they say and I don't care what they do. But if I told you that you could not play and they turn around and say, here, you can play Grand Theft Auto, your word should have been, my mama said no and I'm not going against what she said, but you can call her and ask her if you will. I'm telling you, my children... Hear me. I raised them in the 80s and the 90s. The children of today, you got to keep praying. Because Lillian, times has changed. It's the millennials that are raising these children off of what they think because of what they didn't have. So they want to give it to their children, but it's killing them. It's destroying them. It's hurting them. You got to teach him what is right and show him you mean business. And great, he got on punishment for sure. But then after I punished him, his dad knew and didn't do anything about it. That's all right. Lillian, that's all right. That's all right. That's okay. You, Joshua, 24 and 15. Here, you need to read this. Joshua. Listen, Joshua 24, you and your your son didn't have Bible study. Listen, Joshua 24 and 15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hear me. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Period. Joshua said, I don't care what them folk doing on the other side of that flood, but on this side of the flood, this is what we doing. Everything won't be perfect, but you can perfect it. Hear me? Everything won't be perfect, but you can perfect it. You felt, of course you feel bad for punishing but you had, that's right, and teach them what peer pressure is. Exactly. Exactly. Peer pressure is something else. But if you're teaching it right, if you're showing it right, and you're being the example, it will come out right. I tell my kids all the time. Ashley told me one time when she was in middle school, I want white parents. <laughs> Hear me. She literally said to me, she won't white parents. Well, then pack your bags and go on over there to the white people. (laughs) And I say that with no disrespect, but the school she went to was 99.99% white. And those kids at that school was doing just about everything. It's like they had no discipline. 
They were out to two or three o'clock in the morning. They was like literally just doing the most. This girl, Ashley here, this child right here took me through some changes. Do you hear me? Literally took me through some stuff. Listen, she took, listen, <laughs> I can tell you some stories, but that's not what this is. This is about friends, family, relationships, respect, morals. We're talking about Job. We're talking about not allowing your confidence to change your confidence. If you are confident in what you teach your son, then don't allow somebody else's confidence to change your confidence. This is scary to me. Listen, this, this society, you got to keep praying. Don't stop praying. Keep praying. But I pray, Lillian, I literally pray that I said something to encourage your whole heart. That I, that I made some form of suggestion and some areas that you have to rebuild and re-strategize to get more to understand he's still a child. And, and Lillian, you're still responsible for him. You're, you're still responsible in the decisions that you make for him. You're still responsible for the direction he is going into. And it's okay for him to voice his concerns. It's okay for him to voice his, his, his feelings and his thoughts. But at the end of the day, you're his mother. And outside of God, what you say is final. He'll be mad at you, but he'll get over it. He'll get over it. I've always said, you have everything. You have everything you said helped and encouraged. Well, I'm glad. God gets the glory. Listen, God totally gets the glory. And I, I'm definitely praying for y'all. How old is Morph now? How old is he? How old is he? Because it, everything is by, everything too is age appropriate. Everything, everything is age appropriate. Everything, he's 11. So listen, trust me when I say he's still at a good age to where this therapist can help push him. Sometimes, Lillian, and you, you got to change the way that you speak. You got to change the way that, the, uh, the, or, and the things that you speak to. When having conversations about his dad, go outside on the porch. Tell him to go into the other room. Listen, he does, he's 11. He does not have to hear everything. My granddaughter is eight. I just, I when my daughter got here, when her, and her, her and my granddaughter, when they got here, Serena was so She's so smart and she knows so much and she's only eight. But I had to tell Ashley, stop. Do not talk to talk about anything in front of her no more. I said, today is the last day. She don't need to hear about your relationship. She don't need to hear about the, the, your suicidal thoughts. She don't need to hear any of that. She don't need to hear what took place. She don't need to hear the things that you've said, the things that you, she don't need to hear any of it. What somebody else is doing, what somebody else has been, no more. You're, you're allowing her to grow too fast and to know too much. But here's the thing, and I'm going to say it like I said it, I never had conversations about anything in front of my children. You know where I got that from? my mama, my granny, them old people, that when they start having a conversation, they put you outside. Go outside, go to your room, go upstairs. 
go somewhere. We, we were never able to sit in the living room with a bunch of grown folk while they were talking. I don't care if it was Christmas gatherings. I don't care if it was Easter gatherings. I don't care if it was a barbecue. We were never allowed to sit amongst grown folk, never. So when I raised my children, I did the same exact thing. I did not allow them to sit and listen to grown folk conversation, never at all. When I had, when I had custody of my godson, it used to make him so mad because he, he literally wanted to be in every conversation because is what he was used to. Him and his mom had a great relationship and they talked about everything, but that wasn't me. I, again, you just heard me say age appropriate. You should only have conversations with your children about things that they need to know, that they need to understand because you you put your you are increasing their minds but they don't understand the conversation they don't understand those thoughts they're just repeating it they're they're they're, they're restoring all this information without understanding that that you 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 too grown for your own bridges that's where that comes from that's it that's it and that's what you have to do so start making some changes just start making some changes Start, start making some changes in your household, in your relationship. You and your son, you're doing great. You're allowing him still to be social. You, you got him a mentor. You know, he does things. Even in that, you, even in that, you, it, you still have to guide him even in that. Even in that. Sometimes we as women, we want our children to have a father figure so much. We'll send them with people that... Um, because we want it, but in the long run, sometimes it can hurt us more than good because we want them to build a relationship with their father and mentors mentors are good, but, but they're looking for something in them that they're not gonna get that they want from their father. Can I say that again? They're looking for something in them that they're not going to get because they need it from their father. So that they tend, so they tend to hurt even the more. They tend to hurt even the more. But I thank you. I do. I thank you for this dialogue. It was really good. It was great. I, I enjoyed it. I loved it. And you know me. I love to help. I love to help. I love to encourage. I love to do it. But I, I, I just move in God. I just move in God. And I, I thank God for the shift. Because you know what, Lillian? Somebody else needs it. Somebody else needs it. Somebody else needed this. Not just you, but somebody else needed this as well. They got mad too because I put him in the program after my mom passed and they told him he don't need them or his dad because he has his brother program and the brother is a mentor. Listen, at the end of the day, I just said, some people are going to be mad. To just make sure they're being mad for righteous sake. And I need you to catch that. Just make sure they're being mad for righteous sake, that they're not being mad because you're being deceitful or you're being deceiving or you're being malicious or you're doing it out of hate or you're doing it out of um, because you're because you're bitter or you're angry. Just make sure that everything that you're doing is for the sake of your son and his well-being and his mental health. 
his emotional health, his physical health. And you're literally not doing it because you got so much mess in your heart. You be the light. You be the light. When you really start doing what is necessary, that is good in God's sight, then if they're being angry, it's only angry because you're no longer that person that they used to see. You're no, now you're that person that wants to see good come out of the relationship, that you're really trying to make this thing work for good and not for bad. Amen. Amen. So I'm done. Um, so do you ask? Well, no, I'm not done. Thank you. Lillian, do you have any other questions? Because I, I don't, I don't want to move past this. I don't want to stop. If, 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 if there's something else that you were needing, I don't, if, if you're good in this area right here, then I'm, I'm, I can pray with you and we can, you know, move forward, but I, I don't want to stop. Not now. Okay, good. Great. Praise God. So Lord God, I thank you on today. I thank you for this lesson on today, Lord God. God, look on Lillian and Morph, Lord God, that you will touch them. You will heal their hearts, Lord God, that you will bring things into an alignment, that you will line some things up in their household and for the relationship with, with Morph and his father, Lord God, that you will look on the father and that you will allow him to see the positive that he can bring into Morph's life, that he can in spite of how he's feeling towards Lillian, in spite of their past, in spite of what took place, God, allow that to be a vapor. Allow the past to be in the past. Allow them to want to move forward in a positive atmosphere, in a positive manner, in a positive environment for the sake of more for God, so that his heart doesn't have to be broken and that he, he doesn't have to deal with the things that he doesn't understand or the things that he doesn't know. But God, you have called called Morph to be a great warrior. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that you have called him to be great, that you have called him to be someone special. So God, you allow Morph to bring the relationship to greater. You allow Morph to bring the relationship to where it needs to be, that he can be the light to his siblings. He can be the light to his father. He can be the light to anyone that he comes in contact with, that they will always see the good in him, that they will always know that he is someone special. When he becomes, the, as he gets older, Lord God, uh, release those gifts, Lord God. God, if he's in sports, Lord God, allow him to be greater in what he's in, Lord God, that it will, it will come out to be a great thing, that it will be known, God. It will be known, God. God, it will be known, God. God, let the words of, of, of Lillian's heart, let the meditations of Lillian's heart to be acceptable unto your sight, Lord, because you're her redeemer, Lord God, and you're her strength, Lord God. And you said in your word in Philippians 4 and 13 that she can do all things through Christ, which strengthens her, Lord God. So God, also in 4 and 13, you said that you shall supply her every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So Lord God, I pray on today that you will, that you will supply that every need, the need of joy, the need of peace, the need of understanding, the need to be a, a good co-parent, the need to be the, a, a, a good mother for her son, Lord God. Provide that need, not just a financial need, but an emotional need, a physical need, a spiritual need, Lord God, a mental need, Lord God, to, to bring them to, to a place of healing and deliverance, Lord God. So God, work, work on them together, Lord God. Allow her to be the mother. Allow her him to be the 
the sun, Lord God, and a lot of people to see the light in them, God. We thank you for them right now, God, that you will continue to cover them. You will continue to bless them. You will continue to use them for such a time as this. And God, those who are watching and those who might have received the, the encouraging word, bless them as well, Lord God. Help them with their siblings and help them with other children, Lord God. And God, we thank you. And Lord God, for everybody in this world who co-parents, give them wisdom, give them discretion, give them understanding, give them patience, give them perseverance, Lord God. Allow love to abide. Allow love to abide. Allow compassion to abide in the mighty name of Jesus. So God, we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy because you are the Lord of Lords. You are the great I am. You're the lily in the valley. So God, I thank you. I love you. I bless you. I glorify your name in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, I pray, we pray, and we all say amen. Amen, 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 amen. All right. All right, you all who, who have watched and who have listened, I want to thank you all for tuning in to Can We Talk About It? Can We Talk About It Live? I am uh, Dr. Serena Holloway. Um, if it's the Lord's will, I'll be back here in the morning from 7.30 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. Here are these times. Usually I come on from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings, but my husband has to preach in Kannapolis, North Carolina. So I will be coming on in the morning, 7.30 to 8.30. And I know that time may be a little hard for some of you, but you can always go back and watch the replay. Know that I love you. Know that God loves you more. And if it's his will, I'll see you all in the morning. Thank you for watching. Can we talk about it live? Don't allow your continence to change your confidence. And I'll be starting tomorrow from Job chapter two, starting at the 11th verse. And I will continue to talk about friends. How many of us have them? Friends. Amen. Amen. Bye-bye.